It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. This is probably our most controversial hour of the week. I mean, last hour was pretty controversial. Declan made it so. But this hour, we have Tata Uremchuk from Waters Nation and Daily Faceoff on the way. And we, we the, the, the headliner is Steve Lansky uh, from Big Mouth Sports. Steve has a tendency to, you know, I ask these mealy mouth questions and he blows them up every Friday. And we look forward to that again. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm good. I just I listen to your question and I extrapolate. That can't be a bad thing, can it? It's it works for me. I love you. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't I feel for you, man. I can't wait till I get a political show and start asking you the the tough questions there. I'm sure we'll both be in prison by Tuesday. Um, yep, we will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so three game winning streak. Are you convinced of the orders now, or do you look at the the defensive chaos and still wonder? What, what, sorry, what am I being convinced of? That, that they are a playoff team, team and on their what? way deep uh, into the playoffs and maybe winning Stanley. Okay, well, that's three, that's three different questions. Yes. Are they a playoff team? They can be if they continue to play this way. But what I think I've, what I find re- – the other two, no, I'm not convinced it's deep in the playoffs, and I'm certainly not convinced that they're going to see the Stanley Cup final. Um, I, I'm just concerned that – I don't want this to come off as glib, but I'm concerned that this is this is that simple. Bring a new voice into the room, throw five new ideas out there that they can try, and all of a sudden now they're giant killers. I, I don't I don't understand. I get that the game is played in your head. It's got nothing to do with what goes on on the ice, but the fragility of that really concerns me. There's, there's just no other way to say it. The fragility of that mentality concerns me a great deal about this team or any team that can just seemingly throw a switch. Today we shall be good. I, I don't understand that at all. I, my theory is people keep expecting to play defense well, and I don't think they will. They are going to be like the 70 Bruins and the 84 Oilers. They're going to outscore their mistakes, but they're always going to make mistakes. Can they win a Stanley in this era doing that? I would say no, they cannot. Not without goaltending that's really above where it should be, and you and I both know the only way you're getting that goaltending is from seven people, six defensemen, and the guy in, in the net. It's Goaltending is not a one-person thing when you're trying to get to the Stanley Cup final. It might be on a game in Carolina in November, but it, it just is not. And, I mean, you could also argue it's a 23-person thing, and, and I, would, I would agree with that, too. The thing about the Oilers in the 80s, and if you want to talk about the Bruins in the 70s, I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure Jerry Cheevers is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So, right? Now, I'm 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 pretty sure EJ's not in there, Eddie Johnson, but, you know, he probably didn't play enough to get in there. Um, But, you know, Grant Fuhrer, pretty sure he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Andy Moog probably should be, but he's not. Um, So... The thing is, you only have to defend as well as you have to defend to compensate for your offense. Well, if you're going to score seven goals a game, you can give up four goals. The Oilers aren't going to score. You're not going to score seven goals a game in every playoff game. It's not going to happen. It might have back in the day. I mean, I was at a game in Minnesota. I can't remember the final score, eight to five. It was in the first year the Oilers won the Stanley Cup. It was crazy. There was a penalty shot. There was two shorthanded goals. Those things don't happen anymore. Those days are gone. But you don't play defense, you don't get a cup, period. 
So then we're going to talk about something that people get, are going to get mad about, but I think they need more more um, stalwart defensemen then. They need another one. And that means tweaking the roster in the summertime because if you're going to give, you got to, if you're going to get, you got to give, right? Correct. And it's funny. I was reading about, uh, and you know all about this, my friend, 2006. I was just reading this morning. And I was reading about Chris Pronger and what he gave to that Oilers team that year. And it wasn't that Chris, you know, it was that he could score. I mean, in the first round series where they upset Detroit, he was the Oilers' leading scorer in that series. Two goals, five assists, plus four. So that's one component. But when you bring in a guy who's got that veteran experience, and this is, this is kind of where I struggle, is if you're going to bring somebody in, could you bring somebody in who maybe won a Stanley Cup? who maybe isn't quite over the hill, but can look at the guys in the room and they look back with some reverence instead of just, you know, continuing to promote young guys, you know, the Broberg, the Bouchard, like they're not going to provide that. You have to have a little more of that to get a little deeper into the playoff. I think, I think without it, they're going to struggle. So let's, let's, we, let's, we, let's us, Let's us decide who the next Chris Pronger they should acquire is. Uh, that's going to take a lot. I don't know the name of the player. Um, is that if they if they don't make it this year, is that something Jeff Jackson has to ponder when when looking at his roster and realizing how top heavy it is in expensive forwards and Darnell Nurse, who has a no movement clause? Yeah, it's. Uh... There's a hamstringing there. There's there's no two ways about that. Um, I, I just I think that when you're in a position like Jackson is or Holland is, I think you're continually assessing players. But I think what what executives do sometimes is they project they project something on a player like oh he should be able to or oh that person should be able to. Well, you know what? If they haven't done it for nine years. They're not going to start to do it now. And you have to decide, are we going to figure out a way to get past that person being on our roster? And there are always ways to figure that out. Some of them just may not be that um, savory, Mm -hmm. but there, there are ways to figure it out. And you just, I just struggle with hockey executives. And, and this makes me laugh when I read scouting reports. Because I look at a lot of those, and they all say the same thing. There's hardly anything negative about any player in any scouting report. Well, if they were all that great, they'd all be stars in the National League. So it, they tend to glorify these players beyond what they are. And I think when you're in management, you, you can't do that. The best managers, I don't think, ever did that. Uh, is Jeff Jackson in charge de facto now, or is it still Ken Holland's uh, job as GM? Well, I mean, it, to be very honest with you, I, I'd be I'd be very satisfied if it was a multi-person job, mm-hmm. because I don't think multiple ideas from multiple places are a bad thing. The only thing is you kind of have to be on the same page. You know, um, I'll equate it a bit to television. Lots of ideas from lots of angles are good. There still needs to be one person making the final decisions. I'm sure it's Ken Holland. It should be Ken Holland. But you really do want a lot of voices, and you want to be receptive to those voices, and you just want them to make you think. And as a producer in TV, it's the same thing. I'm still going to make the decision, 
but I'll, I'll, I'll take some ideas from the outside. Let me know what you think. You know, I got, I'm not going to lie, 98% of them I had already thought of already. But, you know, there's a very, sometimes somebody will have a good idea. Okay, let's try that. But I, I think Holland's still there. But if he's listening to a lot of people, that's a good idea. Steve Lansky, our guest on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown with Low Tide. I don't know if you heard the uh, Declination segment where uh, Declan had the, the, the top sidekicks in sports history, uh, Scotty Pippen, um, Yarmar Yager, uh, Evgeny Malkin, and he picked Mark Messier as the top one, uh, Wayne Gretzky obviously being the star. Uh, Messier had a, you know, a, a big career after Gretzky was traded. They played together from 79 to 88. Do you think that's, that's about right? Messier was the, the top all time sidekick, or do you think that, that sells him a little short? Uh, no, I wouldn't even see, say Messier was a sidekick. Yerry Curry would be the sidekick. For God's sakes, look, okay, now I'm getting upset. <laughs> look at the scoring that Yerry Curry did. Mark Messier played a completely different game. A completely different game. Yerry Curry was the sidekick. Mark Messier was a whole different train going down a completely different track. No, not a sidekick. Never going to be a sidekick. Was never a sidekick. Never should be thought of a sidekick. Other than that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, well, you and I agree, and poor Declan is over there typing. Um, well, that's okay. Listen, you've got to learn to type sometime. If he's going to do it now, that's fine. Home row is the key, Declan. Just find home row and go from there. <laughs> it's like a piano, right? You know? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, no. it is. Left keys, though, not 88. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a comment. Uh, Cam in a pizzeria. Messier might be number two in Edmonton, but he'll ever be the greatest Canuck. I don't know why that's a funny joke, but it always has been to me. Because <laughs> Messier, as a Canuck, was not close to being. I still don't understand why I they think, made... I think it might have been sarcastic, Al. I'm not sure. Oh, I think it man. Might have been sarcastic. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, so I wanted to ask this because it's sort of irritating me, but I don't know whether... Like, I get it. I understand why owners want it this way. But it looks like the generation that is McDavid and Eichel and, and Austin Matthews are, are going to miss another Olympics here. And, and we're, we're getting long on the tooth here. It's been like a decade since those guys are drafted. And they, they keep coming up with new formats. And, oh, this is exciting. And this shiny bobble. And are, are NHL teams no longer, or NHL players no longer going to play in the Olympics? And do you think that's good or bad? Oh, I think that's horrific. If we never get to see the best in the world in the Olympics again, I, I got to be honest. When they, when was the first year they didn't uh, come back? 2018. In 2018, I think they didn't play in the Olympics. I was shocked that they didn't play in the Olympics that year, mm-hmm. and to have it go on and again and now maybe again, I'm like, is this a joke? Like this makes no sense whatsoever. Everybody deserves to see the best in the Olympic Games. I, I think it's disgusting, is what I think. I, I like. I get that. Like, remember Tavares got hurt, and the NHL owners are like, "Oh my God, you know, we were going to win the Stanley Cup, whether they were or not." I understand that, but from the point of view of these players and the fans who want it, and I do, uh, I think it's huge, and it, it's among my favorite ways to watch hockey is Olympic hockey. And I, I, it's frustrating because I think if, like, Gary's doing the, the bidding of the owners and the owners have just used this as a hammer, uh, and that they make ridiculous demands over it. And we're, we're at kind of a, an impasse. And, uh, I don't know if they're going to budge off of this. And it, it, I think it harms the game, honestly, Steve. 
Well, because it does. I mean, it's just disgusting. But listen, I was at the game, you know, the Forsberg postage stamp game in 94 in Norway when he scored on Corey Hirsch. I was at that game. That was a great hockey game in Lillehammer. So there can be great games without NHL players. But holy cow, when you get a taste, I'd have to do the math. How many years did they go? Six? Yeah. Uh, well, six Olympics? They went to... About, the, right? I remember the bullet train. Where was that? Was that... 98. Uh, 98. No, no. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. so just whatever the math is, between 98 and 2016. Right. Whatever that was, those were clearly the best. Clearly. The, or 2014, I guess. They were clearly the best. And now it's like you can't, you know, you can't put fantastic models on the runway and then the next year dial it back and like okay we got we got the second best out here no we've seen the best we you can't go back yeah. i think it's i think it's shameful and it's always shameful because of money you know you break it down any way you want insurance dot 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 equals money that's all it ever is i think it's shameful that the fans just have to sit there and take it i yeah. hate that yeah i'm with you uh lasky great cup pick well, it's got to be Winnipeg, doesn't it? I mean, I know there's a couple of injuries. I, I don't know if Big Hill's going to play or not. I think that would make a big difference. But I, I think time's going to run out for the Owls, but I do love Cody Pajardo. I really do. And I think Kevin Moss, whether he rubs you the wrong way or the right way, he's got a way of rubbing the guys right to, to get where they are now. I'm still a bit surprised they beat the Argos. It's self-destructed. But if I got to put money, I put it on Winnipeg. Wow, you like Moss, the guy with the temper. That's a real shock. What do you guys stick together? You know, God. Yes, yes, I do. Al, <laughs> I will take that over wishy washy any day. Not that Mike O'Shea is wishy washy because he's not. Listen, I did live Mike on TSN for three years. I know what Mike O'Shea is. I hit the mute button on him more than anybody else. Listen, so he's got a temper too. <laughs> yeah, a- athletes cannot. So the, the 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 bomb is an adjective. It's a noun. It's a pronoun. It's a verb. They can't go without it. So you just got to be ready with the with the little switch there, buddy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That is correct. Uh, should Canada keep Thanksgiving while also adopting American Thanksgiving, so we can have two turkeys in the fall? Now, just are you sitting down now? I want you to be sitting down and relaxed for this question. Sure. Okay. Is it possible that you could just make a second turkey without having the pomp and ceremony surrounding it? Like, you, you know, you could just go out and buy the ingredients for a pumpkin pie and make it tonight. Like, you know that, right? But the, the football and the, and, the, and the fact that nobody does any work on that day because the football. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't have you as being one of those guys who was just hooked on the line and slowly reeled in, slowly reeled him in. Wow. Let a little bit out now, slowly reel him in. I can't believe it. Dude, I, I'm, I'm almost on the verge of ordering a turkey and some pumpkin pie and getting it sent over to you today. Oh, bless bless you, you. You can do that any day, man. I made eight pumpkin pies this year starting two weeks before the Canadian Thanksgiving because I said, screw it. I like pumpkin pie, so I'm going to make it. Do, are the, does that wait, listen? Hold it. Should, does that mean we should be celebrating July 1st and July 4th? Yes. Come on. If it means Come turkey, on. yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> if it means um, turkey. Listen, oh my can, god! Can I ask you a question, uh, and then I'll let you go? But yeah, y- yeah, how many pumpkin pies did you make this year? 
eight. Okay. Of the, the, the eight pumpkin pies, how many of them were disappointed that they came into your house with the ingredients that they were and that Mrs. Lansky didn't make it? How, how, how many of how many of who was disappointed? What do you the, mean? The pies. How badly were they disappointed that they, they weren't as, as splendid as they could have been because Mrs. Lansky wasn't making them. Mr. Lansky was. Oh, what? no, 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 my friend. No, no, no. <laughs> this, you, why did you not just, you just took a metaphoric glove with nails in it and slapped me in the face. Yes. Dude, I can make stuff. My pumpkin pies I don't believe are world-class. I don't, okay. I've never had one. I can't tell you that. Yeah, uh, you know. yeah, yeah. Listen, how stupid do you think I am? The, all this <laughs> is is the next time you come to Edmonton, why don't you bring well, us I'm just saying, pies, you know. Yeah, and prove it to me that you can make pumpkin That's fine. I can play that little game. I'll come in with a couple of pumpkin pies and some whipped cream, not that crap from a can. I'll have whipped it up and put a little sugar in it to sweeten it up for you, and we will serve it to you, and we will see whether you find this to be an acceptable pumpkin pie. Well, I mean, just for, for, you know... The proof of yeah. it. I think it's important, Steve. Yeah, right. Just the science experiment. Just yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You you think you're clever, but you're not. You know that, right? I think I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do I. Uh, Lansky, you rock. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, buddy. Take care. Okay, there we go, Steve Lansky. That's how you get a free pumpkin pie from somebody who knows what they're doing. Giddy up. All right. I wonder what your M. Chuck can make. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. No whiskey in a jar. It's way too early for that. Declan. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. I've been waiting for a few days now to ask this question of our next guest, Todd, or your M. Chuck from Daily Faceoff. Are we seeing the legendary your M. Chuck 10 game heater with the Edmonton Oilers? Oh, it's tied. It's tied. We're 30% of the way there. And if you believe hard enough, maybe we'll get to 10. <laughs> are, are you actually driving through rural Alberta right now? Yeah, I'm uh, heading just past Vegreville, heading out east to Bavallon. Wow. You know, you could drive to Maidstone if you, if you, but you're burning daylight, but you could get there by nighttime. I don't have enough gas, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Uh, so. Connor Brown practicing on the top line. Do you like that, or do you think they should ease him in on the third line? Um, honestly, I, I kind of like it on the first line just because the Sam Gagne story is great, and I think he can be a serviceable, solid bottom six guy here, but the boots aren't there for him to be keeping up with Connor McDavid. I think we've kind of seen that a little bit. They haven't really produced together yet. So if Connor Brown is truly 100% and ready to go, then – Throw him right into the fire. See if you can get a bit of a spark there. Um, when when on this road trip, if at all, because they play every second game. But do you expect to see Calvin Pickard? Oh, that is tough. I mean, the weird thing about this stretch and the teams they're playing, like Washington, red hot. Carolina starting to get healthy and starting to play good hockey. Um, the Florida Panthers are one of the best stories in the league. Like the only. The weakest link on this road trip is Tampa Bay, and even that's not truly a weak link. So I I think you might need to just run Skinner right through the gauntlet here 
and kind of shrug and say, sorry, buddy, you're not getting extended time off until we're back at home. No, oh. I, I had the, this was at the beginning of the month and I had them going one, three and oh on this road trip. It is a tough one and it's gotten even tougher based on how well Washington is playing now. Do you think they can get to two, two and oh, and would that be a good result? Uh, two, two and oh would be kind of gulp and just shrug and say, you know what? You got through it, right? Um, one, three and oh, I, I think you're again, just putting yourself so far behind the pace by dropping three of your next four. You, you probably can't afford to do that at any stretch again this season. So they got to go at least two and two, two and two is the bare minimum, but with the way they're kind of rolling right now and with puck luck seemingly on their side and Skinner starting to hit his stride, I, I think two, one and one, three and one should honestly be the expectation. It's time for this team to start stealing some games. The, the, Evander Kane it makes such a difference when he's right, and he looks right. Uh, McDavid's coming back. Leon seems to be out of his funk. Hyman's had a, a nice run here. Nuge, uh, up and down, but certainly a part of that. Uh, how important is it to find that sixth member? Brown is, is the candidate. Gagne was uh, when he was out. How important is it that Brown becomes that guy, and then they can start dealing with the third and fourth lines? Yeah, and I even think a little bit of the trickle-down effect, right? Like, Sam Gagne can be good in a third or fourth line role. Dil- losing Dylan Holloway sucks. That's a big, big blow to your production in the bottom six. But, yeah, I mean, finding another piece of that top six is important because you want Connor and Leon to get going. That's going to be your main driver of offense. But I still kind of have faith that 29 and 97, even if they each only have one good winger, should be able to get the job done on most nights or on with some sort of consistency, I think finding the right mix in the bottom six might might be even more important right now. They're doing a good job of not getting caved on most nights, but they need to find a way to start pushing things in a positive direction. What do you think about, like, I think Jack Campbell will be bought out in the summertime. I don't see a way around it. Do you think he'll play in the NHL again this year with the Oilers? Uh, I mean, based on the way things have started in the American League, I I don't see how that could be a possibility. I don't see a path back for him in Edmonton. And Ken Holland's last great challenge as Oilers GM will be to see if he can get himself out of this jam he's created. The only team I can see a deal even possibly working with is the San Jose Sharks. And even that might take retaining 50% and throwing in a Broberg and throwing in a first-round pick. Like, this is a doozy of a contract to get out of. Uh, any any thoughts on the Grey Cup? Uh, not overly, honestly. Um, I, I'm not as big of a CFL guy as some other people. I will sit down. I will watch the game. I watch the West and East final. But as far as the rooting interest goes, like I thought Toronto was an interesting story just because it felt like they were finally starting to get some fanfare out there. They're selling out BMO and for that market to be picking up, I think it's a great, great sign for the CFL. But as far as the matchup goes, I, I, I don't have a ton going into this one. What about the uh, uh, Thanksgiving games in the NFL? I, why is that so compelling? Like I, uh, For many years, I've worked since 1980 in, in an office, and most years... Everybody goes to work on the Thursday of Thanksgiving in Canada, but nobody actually does any work because of the NFL games. Isn't that the beauty of it, though? That's yeah. why I'm excited is because you're going to get to sit there and half-ass your job for a couple of hours and watch good NFL football. It's good. It's exciting. I don't know. It's just a random Thursday in Canada, but that little sprinkle of NFL makes it a little bit more durable. 
I wanted to ask this because I'm curious, and even though it's out there, I, I start thinking about baseball right now and the winter meetings and what happens after the winter meetings. And wh- what do you see the Jays doing this off season? Oh God, as boring as it is, I, I honestly think there's a chance they're running this thing back next year. And I think they, you know, there's reports that they're interested and in trying hard to bring Matt Chapman back. Um, the thing that is going to be the, the ultimate decider is if, if they can find a way to convince Shohei Otani that it makes business sense for the country of, to make the country of Canada fall in love with you, and if they can get him and their unicorn plan can be put in place, then giddy up. This excitement around baseball in this country will hit a level it's never, never seen, but the realistic most likely outcome is that Matt Chapman's back, they go sign some sort of fringe free agents here and there, and they run back the same core next year. Yeah, I, I, because like dealing Vladdy might might you know you might get a lot for him, but he's you know I I just think he's too important to to keep. He's, he's such a part of that team, and I I still don't know. Bichette's in the right spot, but you, he's got such a great bat. Yeah, I mean, Bo Bo had a fantastic year, and I think he solidified himself as the cornerstone of this franchise. The problem with trading Vladdy and even trading a guy like Alec Manoa is Manoa's coming off an incredibly down year, obviously, but Vladdy's coming off a down year as well. You know, If you're going to trade guys like that, you trade them when they come off a good year and you don't believe in them. I still think there's a belief that Vladdy can be a consistent 30 to 35 home run guy for the next six, seven seasons, and I'm just not sure if trading him when his value's at this current level, that's just not something a smart organization does. Yeah, final one from Lance. Can you ask Tyler why he's too good not to host his own show on Oilers Nation for us, but he can do your show? I thought me and Tyler were friends. I mean, come on. If you had the chance to not work on a Friday, wouldn't you take it? <laughs> damn, damn, damn right. I'm surprised you answered our call. <laughs> there you go. All right. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the drive. All right. There you go. There's Tyler Uramchuk. Not hosting his own show, the Hunters Nation, today. But he talked to us, and we appreciate it. I love road trips to Saskatchewan. I love them. Perfect answer, too. He had that one ready to go. Yeah, I think he probably said the same thing to Lance (laughs) earlier today. What's your favorite place to go visit in Saskatchewan? Oh, you know, I'll always have such an affinity for North Battleford, even nice. though even though it's an absolute dump. But I'll always whoa. My, well, my my grandpa was a judge there, and so well, apparently he put a lot of people away. Is yeah, what he I was heard. he was pretty busy. Oh. I didn't see him much as you could imagine. But when I was a kid, when I was younger, we would go out there for Christmases, long weekends, whatever it was. And I'll always love North Battleford. Yeah, same with like Swift Current, Rockland, Walker. I got a lot of places in Saskatchewan I really love. I love Katepwa, so nice. The Cole Capel Valley is so gorgeous. Uh, um. Turtle Lake, which is out past Turtleford, very, very nice. I have a soft spot for Maidstone because I grew up there, and uh, many, many things happened to me in that town. Um, and I love Saskatoon. Saskatoon is such a pretty city. It's like Edmonton, only smaller, and depending upon what the way the wind blows, there's some issues there, but... Um, I, I love Saskatoon. I, I, I actually could live in Saskatoon. Yeah, I have a lot of love for Saskatchewan. I love the province. People kind of talk about it like it's ho-hum, it's a flyover province, which to a large extent I get, but, but I love Saskatchewan. Yeah, me too. Me too. They you know, they, they, they got the pimple on the prairie. They got a lot of things. They got a lot of things that, that bring you back. Again, I haven't been there for years. I should go out there. We should do a road trip. Live from North Battleford? From sure. North, North Battleford, Eagle. what is it, Golden Eagle? You know, when I was when I was young, they had a Woolworth 
right at the end of Main Street, and the Main Street was a dead end. I don't think it is anymore. The Main Street North Battleford was a dead end. I bought Leo Sayers' Endless Flight at the Woolworths there. I know nobody cares, and maybe it was a Woodward's, but I was there. They had a, um, I think it was a Petrocan or an Esso on the highway with the biggest yeah, it was flag. A, it was a Petrocan. Was it? Yeah, the biggest it flag I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Huge, right? Yes, yes. It's a very large one. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, it's hard to miss. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know why I got so excited about oh, that. Oh, yeah. You were really going off Well, I, just a, a little bit, you know, I mean, over the board. I mean, has has anybody scored, not that we'd be able to see it on television, but has anybody scored in that Toronto-Detroit game yet? Still 0-0. Zero, zero. A little over eight minutes left in the second in that one. All right. Face-off is happening right now, or it might have just happened. Where are you watching this? It's outlawed. No, I'm, I, I have the, I have the, 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 uh, what's, what's it called? Like the GameCast leaderboard thing pulled out. Uh, it looks like Max Domi just won the face off for Toronto. So right, clock, right, right, clock's right, running. Right, right. We'll see. I forgot Max Domi was playing there. How bad is that? I don't get to see them. They're always blacked out. I'm telling you. I don't know where to go next. We, we can, we can open up the text lines. I guess we'll go there. We could take, we could take phone calls. People are taking it after Tyler. Holy mackerel. Tyler avoiding the grind. It's just one guy. It's just Lance. Oh, is it? I'm sorry. It is Lance. If you've ever golfed, if you've never golfed Northern Meadows, it's a summer must do in Lloydminster. That's LJ from Lloydminster. Um, I golfed at Silver Lake. Pop Eisenus took us all out in grade. What grade were we? Eight? Eight or nine, maybe? Um, I'll never forget. He was the principal of the Maidstone High School. And he came in. And he said, okay, class, we're going on a road trip. And he had a bus, and he took us out to the Silver Lake Golf Course, and he rented us all clubs, and he said, just go have fun. I want to give you this game. And and we were awful, but it didn't matter. I loved it. It was such a, you know, I mean, you teachers out there. <laughs> but it was a great activity, and, and we were just a bunch of dumbass kids and cynical as hell. But I loved that day, and I've never forgotten it. So you can make a difference, you teachers. Not everybody's Mrs. Andrews. Some people care. <laughs> uh, do you ever? Do you ever? Has anybody given you any feedback on Mrs. Andrews, and you're taking her down verbally on this show? Um, just you, really, in the text line. Okay. But I don't. I, I don't know if I would even call it feedback. It's more just response to what I've been saying. We delight in your misfortune, sir. Yes, we do. But I just want to say something very quickly. Breaking news. Joe Burrow is out for the remainder of the season. No! Torn, torn ligament in his throwing hand. Just did, came down a couple minutes ago. Did you hear I, Michael, Al Michaels not even not even consider it to be a big deal? Oh, Al Michaels is. Oh he's God. past it. Listen, he had a oh. great prime. He was one of the best broadcasters of all time. Maybe the gold standard, but his day has come and gone. I, I had just noticed him kind of glossing over the injury when somebody on Twitter said, does somebody want to let Al Michaels know this is a really big deal and he should be talking about <laughs> Al Michaels is... Brilliant, uh, just a brilliant broadcaster. But I, I think he's double parked, and the ponies are waiting for him to bet on. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty. Wolf GMC Buick. Good song selection, sir. This week you did very well. Thank you. I was pretty happy with myself. Yeah, you did good. Little Bonnie Tyler to close out the week. Yeah, not bad. What's the Biggest Bonnie Tyler hit you know? 
Well, it has to be that one, right? No, Total Eclipse of the Heart was massive. Yeah, that, okay, maybe that one was a little it's bit bigger. It's a heart actually. ache was big. No, I th- okay, now I think it's probably Total Eclipse of the Heart. That one's timeless, too. You can throw that one on it for any mood and feel great. Who sang that with her? Well, I wasn't around. Turn around, bright eyes. I don't remember the name. And I need you now, tonight. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> we we really do need. If we're gonna sing, we need to take lessons. Like seriously, we people are out there. They're driving around. They're having. They may have just eaten, and then we're on there. We're hammering away with Joe Cocker and Bonnie Tyler. I've thought about this. I would love to take singing lessons, but the problem is, I'm such a bad singer. I don't think it's fixable. No, like, I don't it think is. it can be it rectified. Is. No, it can. You can. You can, we can become a better one. I'm not saying you're going to be Sinatra. Okay, that's fair. A better one, but not a good one. And I'm fine with that. I'm I'm fine with not being a good singer. I know I just wasn't born with that God-given ability. I can well, live with that. But I, I, a, I love to sing. I had Who a doesn't? singing coach once. I was at a an event. I was emceeing an event, and she was at my table. And I told her, I said, I would love to sing, and I can't sing a note. And she said, well, honey, just tell people that you've trained your voice in a different way. So tell people that. Say, I would have been a great singer, but I I chose radio. And then people will roll their eyes and go, geez, that guy's delusional. But they do that anyway. Low Tide, if I may ask, mm-hmm. because I don't think we've... We, we might have covered this, actually, but I'm going to ask again, just in case we have any new listeners this week. Obviously, the oil have this road trip coming up. I mean, predictions. What do you think? What for, do you think they what? for the road trip? What do you think oh, the, the record is? At the one end of the three road and trip? zero. Yeah, yeah. One okay. three and zero. They, they, and I like. The, I think the they're win. on a roll. I think they are a good team now. But they are playing the the cream of the cream. Well, they really are playing pretty hot teams, right? And so, what you think Washington is the win? No, I think they beat Tampa Bay. Think, okay. And that uh, if they don't, then they could go like it's not. I know everybody thinks the Oilers are on a roll now; they're going to win ten in a row. And you, you know, for because I'm a fan of Oilers fans, I'd love to see that, and it makes fun for me. Although the the, the readership goes up and the listenership goes up mm-hmm. when they're bad. But um, which game does Calvin Pickett play? I don't know if he does. I think Yurumchuk's right. I think maybe if they get if they're th- two and two zero oh, and one when they get to Washington, maybe they let Pickard play. But they've got to they've got to win hockey games. So I, I said one three and zero. Oh, I'll say two and two because I do think they're on a little bit of a roll. But I'll say two two and zero. Oh. And I'll tell you what: if they win all four, I will sing "Poetry Man" by Phoebe Snow, start to end, on this show. Okay. Yeah, that'll cut up some time, Jen. You know, do, do you know the song family? Poetry Man? Well, I'm, I'm going to find out if we or, go 4-0-0. Or Midnight at the Oasis. People can choose which song I slaughter. I'd, okay, I'd like that. Or I could do At 17 by Janice Ian. Yeah, this, it sounds to me like you just want to sing. <laughs> like, I, I could do this one. Well, hey, hold on. I could do this one. I can sing one song. Okay. Well, well enough. to. It's called I Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You. It's Hank Williams' song. That's it. And I don't sing it well, but I can sing it in the right key, and I hit notes that are near the actual notes. So, yeah. Lance says, I love to try to give Tyler a hard time. He always says, avoid the grind. Yeah, he does. I enjoyed visiting Maidstone when the Jolly Bun Filler was the sandwich shop of choice. When I was there, there was the Star Cafe and uh, Ma's Cafe. 
and the, if you were hungover, you went to Ma's Cafe because the 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 gravy on the fries was so greasy they moved. The fries would actually move. You didn't have to. It just was. It was on. It was still going, but it was great for hangovers. And a greasy burger too. God love her. And then the 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 other uh, cafe run by the Lung family, who I they were friends of mine, um, and they it was it was um, you know it was better better food. I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy who says that after the, these many years that they they had better food, but they did. And then there was the IGA, and uh, I think Mr. Catola ran a, a store in there. No, the co-op, and then he ran a different store, an independent store. There was the liquor vendor. That was Vern Trey. Do you want me to go down Main Street? I will if you like. No, that's okay. You right. don't have to do that. My friend Keith Milner hired me. Then probably regret it. LA, uh, LT, you have to sing I Will Always Love You by Whitney. The whole song, if they go 4-0. Oh. That's a Dolly Parton song, and I would never, ever ruin a Dolly Parton song. So I can't do that one. Tell Totter, quit assuming that Toronto Blue Jays are Canada's team. They're Toronto's team, not Canada's team. I hope Otani doesn't sign there. Well, I'm an Expos fan, so I'm with you on that. <clears throat> I didn't mean to do that. Um, Lotai, just belt it out. We'll decide if you can sing the song. Let's get your Coupe de Grey predictions. I said that I thought Winnipeg would win, didn't I? You did. Yeah, yeah. we touched on it briefly. I think the Blue Bombers will win 34-17. And I said 34-26. I think Montreal does get the cover, but I think it's a game. It's 34-19 late. Montreal covers, kick an onside kick, don't get it back. So that 8.5 points, I think that's just too many for a Grey Cup. But I do think Winnipeg is in control for the majority of the game, and they win easier than the, than the final score would suggest. LT, does Declan have a nickname yet? Try TT for teacher, teacher. Jumpin' Jack Flash. That was a... Who, who did that song? That was Dave Edmonds, Teacher, Teacher, Teacher. Oh, I was thinking Van Halen Hot for Teacher. Oh, well, that takes it in a different direction. Doesn't yeah. It? Is there something you'd like to share with the class? No, 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 no. no did hands, you have some kind of... Down. Was there some kind of, you know, event that ran through your brain, sir? No. That no, made you think a, of that? Just a good song. Just oh, a good song. Good song. Right, 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 right. Yes, we all believe that. The game is on NHL center ice from Sam. 2 nothing Detroit now. I was just going to chime in and say we do have a score update, but you, you beat me to it. It looks like it was Raymond and Sprong who got the uh, who got the goals for Detroit. Apparently it was 38 Special who did that song. I, I have a group of friends who listen, and I know they listen because they just, <laughs> they just throw these things out, and, you know, there I am. I threw out Teacher, Teacher. I thought it was Dave Edmonds. I really did. But probably 38 Special did a cover of it. That's what I'm going with. The Teacher, Teacher is 38 Special. Damn it. Okay, I'm looking up for Teacher, Teacher by Dave Edmonds. Because I think he wrote it. I think he wrote it and 38 Special covered it. Rockpile. Okay, I'm right. Teacher Teachers by Rockpile, which is Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds. Teacher Teacher is a 1980 new wave song written by Eddie Phillips and Kenny Pickett. Okay, I'm wrong. All right. Okay, fine. Sung by Nick Lowe. Harmonies by Dave Edmonds and Billy Bremner. 
I was almost there. I mean, almost half of what I thought was correct. But 38 Special did do it. Did 38 Special do one time for old times? One time for old times. Was that 38 Special? You're asking the wrong guy. I don't think I could be of much help. This is what happens with me and my children. We're in the car, and I start on these rambling on these things, and my daughter will say, Dad, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody. No, people care. People want to hear it. This one I just can't be much help for. One I might be able to help with is a text that just came in. Ty, do you think the Oilers are still capable of running 97-29 and 93 down the middle? Coach Mike. I, I think they won't, and I'll tell you why. 38 Special did do one time for all, no time sake. Uh, so did Terry Crawford. Very good version. Um, I think that, that, that Ryan McLeod, and I know people are mad at him, but don't be. Ryan McLeod is a good third line center. He's got speed. That line with Fogel has some oomph and they'll start scoring more. I think, I think the coach, the new coach, I love the old coach. You can't be mad at the new coach because he's the new coach. He didn't do it. It's like getting mad at Philip Broberg for being selected in the top 10 by the Oilers. It wasn't his fault. Anyway, I think the idea of McLeod and Fogel is there. I think that should be the third line. Nuge can help be the defensive conscience on one of the top two lines, as can Connor Brown. So I think, I think, I think the coach has got it right. This is what I'm saying. Didn't 38 Special have two drum kits on stage? Well, I know the Almond Brothers, who are one of my favorite bands of all time, did. And I also know the Grateful Dead did. And the Grateful Dead were also a very innovative band. Do you know Ripple by Grateful Dead? Yes. Such a good song. Yeah, no, great song. Great band. Yeah. Do you know um, Truckin'? Yeah, oh yeah. Casey Jones? Mm-hmm. Are you, are, you, are you a bit of a deadhead? I I like the Grateful Dead, not to the point where I'm like Ryan Batty, where I can recognize from the crowd noise if it's a 75 live yes. concert or a 77 live concert. He's that guy. I'm not that guy. Yeah, I think my dad used to email with the Grateful Dead's tour manager. Like they used to. Well, you know, wait, a minute, they, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You not- know about the Grateful Dead's tour manager, right? Like he was, he did things. Maybe then, maybe this story's lost in translation. Then I'll ask my dad and get back to you. But there was something, he had some sixth degree of separation that was actually closer than that. It was like a fourth degree of separation of the Grateful Dead. But I can't remember what it was. I'll ask him. Okay. Yeah. Get the name right because um, was it Augustus Owsley Stanley III? Sounds familiar, but I mean, I've, I've probably just heard that in passing when it comes Wikipedia to Wikipedia calls him an American-Australian audio engineer and clandestine chemist. Mm. I don't know. I'll ask. I'll ask. Because I'm interested now. This We have to have him on the show if this is true. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he can come on whenever. But, I mean, all, all honestly, we, we would have to have him on just to give his, you know, we would give him, like, immunity. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Mm. Here's one. When will Lavoie get a promotion from the fourth line? Well, he's he's probably close to getting sent down mm. uh, right now. I would say he's the guy who's going to get sent down. Do they put Brown on there, or do they need to put him on the roster? I'm not sure. Low Tide, this summer I played golf with Dave, former bass player for SNFU. That's very cool. Oh, we've got another Oscar Clefbaum sighting. You make me feel like dancing, Leo Sayer. Is that in the system? We're getting requests now. It was Dave Edmonds and Rockpile. I know. I know it was. I think it was the original, but then it was done later by 38 Special.
Maybe Teacher Teacher is two different songs. I know the one I'm thinking of is the rock pile version. This is why I shouldn't have a two hour show. It should either be ten hours or not at all. Yeah, like hour and a half max. No, well, you, you know, the last segment I do tend to like. I'm already thinking about getting to the car. I admit it. Crazy. Okay. Oh, that's Patsy Klein. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you got planned on the weekend? Anything exciting? You know, not a whole lot going on this weekend. Of course, I'm going to you know spend my Sundays watching NFL Red Zone all the way through. Seven hours of commercial free football. Going to be a great weekend. Obviously, Oilers game tomorrow. Not a great weekend for college football. Uh, there's one good game, Washington Oregon State. I'll definitely be watching that. What's um, uh, Notre Dame doing? Notre Dame. No, I have no idea. I honestly, uh, this is maybe I'm a fake fan. Maybe I'm a fake college football fan. I couldn't even tell you who Notre Dame's playing this weekend. Honestly, I couldn't. What is but, wrong with you? It's Notre Dame. I know they're old news at this point. Wow! Oh, well, that's the and, end of you. The Messier thing is one thing, and then you go after Notre Dame. What's listen, the matter with you? That Louisville loss and Louisville, who's now showed up in the top ten. And Louisville, I mean, they lost to Pitt, which is a horrendous loss, but they could potentially be a real player in that ACC. So I'll be seeing what Louisville does this week in Florida State, of course. But Notre Dame. Uh, you know, kind of. They're old news. So who's the who's who's the who's the who's the best team that nobody knows about in NCAA football? The best team that no. Well, it's tough because at this point in the season, the best teams you do know about, right? Okay, but, but I think I'm talking about me. Like I, I can, I, I still remember Nebraska being good. So. Yeah, no, they're they're five and five this year, first year under Matt Rule. They haven't been great. I would say the best team no one knows about this year. No one's talking. Well, listen, JMU is undefeated. JMU is not bowl eligible because they moved from an FCS to an FBS program, so they're Silly not bowl. Fools. They're not fools. bowl eligible for two years, but they're undefeated. They are playing incredible football. They're a top 25 ranked team. I would say the best team no one's talking about is probably, and, and it's tough because I think we do know who the class of the class of the top of the class is when it comes to teams. I think we know which teams are going to be potentially in that college football playoff. The one team that I think do has a chance to shake things up is Louisville. They're a one loss power five team. They beat Notre Dame at granted at home, but they beat a very good team that was at the top of their powers. If Florida State is ranked incredibly highly by the committee and the AP voters, if they can knock off Florida in the ACC championship game, I think they're a team that could leapfrog in the college football playoff. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think that's the team no one's talking about. Well, you talked long enough for me. Put my computer away and put my jacket on. I did so, what I had to. Yeah. So I, I'm ready to go. Did, does anybody ever ask you what time I leave? No, but you volunteer the information pretty okay, regularly. Because right. so. I, I let them know that I don't actually work two hours. And I'm barely in the building two hours. I'm like Elvis without the hits. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Lowdown. Jason Greger is on the way next. It's time for a sports update.